This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome, everybody, to the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. Hope you're having a great week. Uh, we are checking in after the first real run of training camp practices. We are going to have a, a good friend of mine, Doug Lamarie, on as the guest here in just a little bit from Cleveland.com uh, before we do so and uh, chat about what's going on at training camp. I'm going to talk to you uh, really quickly about TheraOne which is a fantastic product that is going through Blue Wire right now as a uh, CBD treatment. And hopefully you are um, aware of, of, of what a lot of CBD products claim. They claim to be organic uh, and contain up to 31% uh, filler is, is actually the case for a lot of these. TheraOne tests their products four times before they go to you. Every product is a USDA certified organic grown in the U.S. And their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. So use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep time tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. So now through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. Great deal. But you got to go to Theragun.com. Again, that's Theragun.com slash BlueWire. If you don't love... What you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund with 30 day, within 30 days of purchase. So this is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. So take advantage. Buy one, get one free. Theragun.com slash BlueWire. But only until Labor Day. So go right now. Theragun.com slash BlueWire. Again, take advantage of that opportunity. And our friends at BetOnline.ag, who have a fantastic welcome bonus still available to you folks who want to get in on the gambling in the NBA playoffs. Major League Baseball has finally hit its hit its uh, 
hit his path here with some consistency so you could get some trends out, make some money there, and the NFL futures are up, and you can get uh, get that bonus for the NFL Week 1, which is now just three weeks away. So take advantage of that opportunity using the promo code BLUEWIRE uh, at betonline.ag and get that welcome bonus. And also, you know, if you're just into the, the online poker and blackjack, they have that available 24-7 as well. So make sure you're going to... Uh, betonline.ag your online wagering experts so we are in a week of camp right uh weekend we've had some padded practices we've had some non-padded practices hopefully you've enjoyed our coverage at the obr we've had a lot going on um and i think um you know between the injuries we saw with kevin johnson's unfortunate laceration injury and mac wilson's knee hyperextension it is going to be a battle of attrition this year patience will be necessary for almost every team across the board even those with continuity who are going to be rushing into these seasons with zero preseason live reps. You know, practice is only so real. You know, you got to get in these stadiums and play these games, and and it's going to be so weird for everybody involved without crowds. And and uh, I've said this the entire offseason, that the crowd factor is very big, especially for these teams and home field advantage and all of that. And we see more and more things trickling out about structure around the games changing in terms of who's allowed on the sideline and, and what's going to change the environment. You can pump in crowd noise maybe. That's looking like a thing, but it's going to be really weird. And the Browns, uh, if you paid attention to reports, um, and we had Fred Greetham on, who is our OBR beat writer, uh, is at the it's at the Berea location every day. So if you want to check out some of his insights, go over to our OBR daily podcast, the Orange and Brown Report. Just head over there in the podcast, um, you know, store app or whatever you get your podcast from. You can listen to that. He's got some more insights, but. It's no secret the defense has been well out in front of the offense. The offense is going to do so much that's predicated on timing, rhythm, structure, and um, they're missing some guys like Jack Conklin missed today's practice. You know, Nick Chubb's dealing with a concussion issue, and the, the, but the moral of the story is it's going to take time for them. We're going to talk about that with uh, with Doug here in just a little bit, but the whole process is certainly going to. Uh, take some time it takes some preparation and getting to know these guys and getting to know the patterns and the requests of a coach and a certain structure of their of an offense like I said especially one that has so much motion design so many misdirection factors and so much timing based um, schematic structure that it's it's going to be important for these guys uh, to be patient with the process and fans to also be patient with the process so again we'll talk about that with Doug here in just a second before we do get over to that interview I want to remind you of the great deal that Blue Wire has going on with Sunday Ticket. So that's at sundayticket.tv, where you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, and you can get the Red Zone channel and DirecTV Fantasy channel. So never miss your favorite teams, favorite players, if you're using fantasy structure. So never, um, never going to be a problem if you're out of market, you're listening to this, and you're out of the Cleveland market. You can get any game the Browns are playing and um, hopefully you take advantage of sundayticket.tv's offer using the promo code BLUEWIRE you get 15% off your subscription so visit nflticket.tv and use that promo code BLUEWIRE and get that 15% now let's get over to our interview with Doug LaMarie so just what you want you know you're you're coming to this podcast for Browns in-depth content and you got two guys here who have had zero days spent in Berea to actually know anything about this team I welcome in my good friend Doug LaMarie how are you buddy I'm doing well. I mean, Jake, you know, it's just hard to tell because they haven't started camp yet. So once they start camp, we'll really know a lot more about this team. <laughs> I don't. I oh, mean, they, they did start camp. I, yeah, oh. apparently they didn't tell us. They didn't That's tell us. Bad, man. 
Well, let, look, let's let's talk about you're you're wrapped in Ohio State stuff, which is you know the weirdest year you'll ever cover the team, and hopefully, hopefully this goes away, I guess. But um, have you thought? Let's let's have you thought much about the Browns? We'll start with this. Have you thought much about them? And when you do think about them, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think about them a lot, um, and I just it's. It's hard for me to not think about them in comparison to last year. And I find the like the regular comparisons to last year, what what Baker came out and said at the start of camp, sort of when he talked to the media the first time of sort of saying he got he lost himself last year and that kind of stuff. Um, I just find it very interesting um, because in some ways, you know, people were so fired up about the team last year and the team itself was fired up. And I thought that was fine. I thought it was great for Cleveland to have some confidence. And I thought they had a lot of reason to have confidence. And then it didn't go well. And they brought in a new coach. And I feel like even though the team isn't like puffing out its chest as much as it did last year, I feel like a lot of people are really confident about Kevin Stefanski and really sure that his offense and his leadership and all this is going to work and be really good. And I think, you know, given his background and given the way he's handled himself, I, I think that's a very reasonable thing to think. But then I also think like, well, a year ago, people were fired up for the Freddie Kitchens Browns too. And Kevin Stefanski doesn't really have much more experience than Freddie Kitchens had. So are we sure that Kevin Stefanski is a genius? So I'm just um, I'm intrigued by them. I think they're going to have a good year, but I actually I feel myself internally at least trying not to get dragged along too much on the Kevin Stefanski's a genius bandwagon just because he's never been a head coach before and he's doing it for the first time in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, that's that's something I'm trying to stress to be even to myself because I've talked to a lot of people uh, in the know about this stuff, and I feel like I feel like it's the best offense for the personnel they have, but it's also like you said, trying to temper expectations a little bit with this group because it's so weird, you know, when when your head coach says he just met Austin Hooper when the start of training camp face to face, it it matters. It matters especially for for offensive guys who are playing such a timing-based system. This is all timing. This is more timing than than the scheme they used last year. Defense, you can play so much reactionary football. So a lot of the reports that are coming out about sloppy offense and, you know, if you watch what they're providing through YouTube and what, you know, uh, Sports Time Ohio is putting up some stuff too, you can see there's some double clutching and all of that stuff too. So I'm really trying to get people to understand that, that patience at the start of this season is necessary. Like, I think people would be crazy to expect this group to come out and just throw up 40 points or, you know, throw up the even even a semblance of a coherent offense is is would be if they are somewhat successful. I think that would be a nice start to begin the year. What do you I mean, like, where are you at with the start of this thing and what you're expecting them to do from the beginning? Yeah, I mean, I've 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 heard enough, you know, national NFL writers and that kind of thing just say say things like continuity will give teams an edge, which is not, which of course that makes total sense. If you have a head coach and an offensive system and a defensive system and veteran players who have done this all before, then missing out on off season workouts or missing out on 
team activities or, or, you know, all that doesn't matter as much because it's all a repeat. And for anybody who's doing it new and doing it for the first time, you know, I, I think that makes total sense, which is why one of the other things I'm pushing back against is like the idea that this is a make or break year for Baker or that there's a lot on the line or if he doesn't show something, you know, a year from now, will they be ready to move? You know, I just think, man, there's a lot of a, a lot of built in excuses for this, again, to not be perfect or at least not be perfect right away. And so I think we have to be ready for that. But then on the other hand, man, I also think it's possible Baker may never in his life have as much skill around him as he does right now, because the things that happen to bring all this together to have Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Austin Hooper and David Njoku still around all those things. I mean, those six guys around Baker aren't going to even be here next year, much less two or three years from now. And then you don't know who's coming in. So it is, it's like, I, I want to be excited for them. I think they're going to be good. I don't want to overestimate, but I don't want to not have fun with it. But I also think, it's not all about this year yet. On the other hand, I don't know that he's always going to have this much talent. So it's very, I think depending which side of the bed you wake up on, Jake, you can, you can talk yourself into a very different view of the same team. Certainly it's, it's, that's it, a great point. I haven't really thought of it that way that, that at the, at the beginning of this thing, the offensive skill guys that you would want to have set up for a run, a serious run. Not that they can't go on a serious run here. They obviously could. But there are so many things that, that would fight against a serious run. That the, the, the talent that is that is here right now, that won't you're right, it won't ever get better around him. Um, because I, it's hard you're right. It's hard to envision Kareem Hunt being back. It's hard to envision maybe one of those two wide receivers are gone. So the hope is is they can do what Minnesota did last year, right? Which is, I think people forget that Minnesota started out pretty slow. They they only threw for 97 yards. It's kind of a wild stat line. They threw 10 passes in their opening game. They were 8 for 10, Kirk Cousins was, 97 yards. Second game, they dip over 223, but they're under 50%, throw two interceptions and a loss at Green Bay. Then they throw for 174 and 182. So, like, the season started off really rough, but the rushing yards were always pretty high 172 198 211 then they lay a clunker in week four um they throw for 182 get sacked six times and only run the ball for 40 yards duck so it's like they started off pretty poorly last year in minnesota considering offense now they had a much more experienced defense that's that's the big thing here i think that you know as stefanski was sort of feeling out what he was doing with gary kubiak there they they had at least had the Ability to lean on Zimmer's defense and all of those guys that have been proven there for a while. But then they take off. You can look at the pro football reference page and see that they take off. They have a great stretch in the middle of the season. That's what I'm presuming is going to happen here, which is they start slow. Um, they'll probably look a little bit ugly timing-wise on a couple different things. And and you just hope that they're able to run the football and play forward. If they can play forward, run the football, uh, the passing game can eventually come along. So I think we're both saying the same thing, which is, the overarching thing to me, Doug, with this this whole Stefanski Andrew Barry pairing, is is, and I'll ask you what you think too. Here is is patience, obviously because of the pandemic. But do you like do you think that they're finally ready? <laughs> now they gave Hugh his third year, but right, it was God, it was it was so weird and so flawed. And Freddie, you you can tell when you can tell, and I didn't think it took him long to tell. 
do you think they're ready to commit to this dude for three years? Because it's it really is, in my opinion, it's going to take three years to figure out what you have with the pairing here, and especially given that this is like going to be a half a year kind of deal, right? Like it maybe right. doesn't count as a foot. I don't know. I feel like they're ready to do it. I feel like the structure's there. Do you feel like the structure's there and they're ready to actually give this thing three years? And I know fans want people, they want these guys to win this year, and the talent says, and you'll see all these people tweeting out that the Browns have the, the second-rated overall or first-rated overall skill position group, but it's not. Right. It's, it's more. It's more than that. So it's going to take a little time, in my opinion, but I, I feel like they're ready to commit to it. Do you think they are? I think they are. I think it goes back to what everybody said from the moment that Stefanski was hired and it, he seemed to fit with Andrew Barry and the fact that maybe the Haslam's have worked through all the stuff that it was analytics, then it was old school. And now Andrew Barry is a guy who can combine both. And now you're, you know, you're not, you don't have a GM and a, and a coach who don't match up. You have now what, what ev- almost every other team in the league has, which is a GM and a coach who are actually on the same page. I mean, it's not like it's, it's not like it's so unusual to have that happen. It just is un- unusual in Cleveland. But I think the thing that is, again, is, is just why I want Browns fans to have fun with this year. But again, I think there are two separate things at play. One is sort of a unique set of talent, and you would like to see them maximize this now. But I, and I, I, this is a point that I make again and again, and millions of other people make it. When you look at team, a team like, for instance, the Seattle Seahawks, Really, when you go back to like their Super Bowl teams and you think about where they are now, really, it's about four guys who are still there. And even as good as the Legion of Boom was, most of those guys are gone. It's about the quarterback, Russell Wilson. It's about like a defensive star for them. It's basically it's like Bobby Wagner at linebacker. And then you have your coach and your GM who have stuck it out. So really, I think there's two things you'd like to see. You'd like to see them in some way, even if it's a slow start. But you'd like to see it click with the talent that's here right now, especially these skill guys. But you would also like to get an indication that maybe though these four guys, Mayfield, Garrett, Stefanski, Barry, that's your foundation. That's a five, six, seven year plan. Everything revolves around them. Do you have those four things in place? And if by the end of this year, even if they don't make the playoffs, even if everything's not perfect, if you could get a sense that those four seem like that can be a winning four for for a, a extended period of time, that would put the Browns into a place that they haven't been in since they got back. Without without a doubt, and I think you could see the 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 problem but the biggest problem with last year obviously they finished six and ten but the biggest problem is where baker mayfield left off if if they were having consistently terrible defense but baker was a 30 touchdown 10 interception guy i think the feeling is much different there's more apprehension with baker going into this year because of that situation i think we know who miles is but if they come out of this year and you feel like you know they start the year poor maybe, but they come on at the end of the year. I think you'll have some positive emotions, which would be which would be really good because right now you just need to feel good about these guys and and yeah. the expanded playoffs helps. And um, I have a plethora of picks and a really weird draft coming up that'll help. And uh, all those things could could lead to 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 something positive in the future. I just I have a hard time imagining it's going to be as dysfunctional as what what we saw in Cleveland last year or the year before, where you're just seeing early season things happen. And I I. I early to mid-season things happening that, that pointed to this is this is sinking quickly. Um, I just don't think you're going to see the leaks. I don't think you're going to see uh, internal struggle between 
the 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 guys leading the franchise, and um, I, I really I really do think they're going to kind of try to gear this thing toward continuity. They know they cannot jerk Mayfield around with another head coach and another play caller. That's why I think they're taking the play caller bit serious. I don't think they're rushing into that decision between Van Pelt and Stefanski because I, I do think there's something there that they want to have long-term. They, they, they finally draft quarterback first overall, and they've given him, what, three play callers, four head coaches. They don't want to do that anymore, and yeah. justifiably so. Um, and I, I, I'm right, I think you're spot on. Those four, If those four can anchor themselves in decision-making and, and what they have done from the head coach GM standpoint, trickle down into the play and Miles and Baker anchor themselves. You feel really good. We felt good last year, Doug. I went back and listened. I think you predicted twelve and four. And uh, uh, that, no, that wasn't me. I yeah. don't think that was me. Jeff. Well, I was eleven no, and five. No. I wasn't much better. I wasn't much better. Uh, so. I think I predicted six and ten. No, wait. <laughs> You're right. I was twelve and four. 12 That's and right. Four. You're good, right, man. We, we, everyone was drinking the Kool Aid. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to know what you think this year. The schedule's easier by by sheer sheer win loss the year before. I know that that doesn't always indicate everything, but schedule's definitely easier. Uh, starts off easier than last year started off. Those first eight games last year were hell of a stretch, and they dropped a few they shouldn't have. So, official hot take: We're doing this every preseason. Where are you sitting as of right now? We're not gonna go game by game. I just kind of don't know where you're thinking. Basement ceiling right now. I mean, I think they're a winning team. I really do. I mean, I, I think I subscribe to your idea of a potential slow start for sure. Um, but it is, I mean, it's one of those things, again, I, it's like I really, I, I, there were lots of things that I sort of liked about Freddie, right? I mean, I liked the like, it seemed like he and Baker maybe had like the same kind of personality. I liked a coach who wasn't afraid of a team trying to be confident. Like I, I, I can't back away from 12 and four. I can't back away from thinking like, you know, initially I was like, I don't know about this guy. It's like, man, he might have the right personality to sort of bring it out of Baker and bring it out of everybody else. And then of course it didn't work, but you can go back. Like you said, the schedule, I mean, the Niners a year ago, it was like, Oh, the Niners they're they were the second worst team in the league the year before. And then it's like, Oh, well, that might be a win, an early win for the Browns. It's like, Oh, they're the look, the, the Niners, they're ready to go to the Super Bowl. So, the, the schedule just worked against them in every way. And then when they hit the second half, when they get Kareem Hunt back and you think, OK, maybe they can win some games, then their best defensive player gets suspended for six games. Like it's just everything. And then Odell and oh, it turns out Odell was hurt the whole year. And oh, Denzel was like, yes, things happen to a team. They really had a lot go wrong. So like the schedule's easier. It's year two for Odell. They fix the tackle spots. They might not be perfect, but they'll certainly be better than last year. I mean, it's just hard for me to look at them and not think that they're a a 10 and six team, potentially nine and seven in that range. I mean, you know, I don't think anybody should be mad. I think there's a way that they can show progress and still maybe wind up seven, nine and seven and nine. But by the end of the year, you can feel good. I think that's a possible scenario. But if I had to make a pick right now, I think they're like ten and six, nine and seven, and they probably in the expanded playoffs sneak in. Yeah, I see six games that I just think they're going to win. I just think that they're going to beat Washington. I think they're going to the bare minimum split with Cincinnati. That's two. You get the Giants and the Jets, who I think they'll beat, even though both games are on the road in successive weeks there in New York. I just think that they're going to beat them, not traveling time zones or anything crazy. And then they they play Jacksonville, so that's like six wins. And then can you find three more? Can you find four more? I, I mean, I think it's certainly feasible. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is going to be much better than people think. Uh, I certainly think Baltimore is going to be the real deal. They play Dallas early. Indianapolis finally gets a real quarterback. I mean, Phillips old, but. Uh, they they just have a lot of young time. I I I think the ceiling to me is eleven, 
and uh, 11 and 5. And I could see as a basement if things fall out, injuries happen. I just think that they're going to be a basement six win team. So I certainly think the 10 and 6 number is safe. Safe, like not, not overly safe, but a number they should be shooting for. Now, it could get spicy, like I said, because. I think you have every right to say that the AFC North is the is the best division in football. I mean, Pittsburgh is. It, it gets it all rides on Ben. If Ben's elbow is healthy again, they have a lot of talent, and their defense is as good as anybody in the NFL. So it's like you, but you have Baltimore, who's who's extremely unique and is hungry, and have added weapons and Calais Campbell among you know many other additions. And I just uh, I just think this division is going to be really good. I hope it doesn't feast itself alive. I hope Joe and Cincinnati need another year or so to get quite quite ready so um yeah i'm i'm fascinated with it i think 10 wins is a great number for them could get them to the playoffs so I'm, i think it's it's certainly more feasible to see them look we were all really hungry for for winning football we got a real taste of that at the end of 2018 and and uh got ahead of ourselves and i i i don't there were some there were not many that were there on freddie out in front of the whole thing but uh i was i was certainly i was certainly wrong and it uh, it happens. It happens in this stuff when we don't know what's going on all the time behind closed doors. But I, I just get a different vibe from Stefanski, and I think you're going to get even if they're not playing winning football to start. I think that there's a path there. I really do think there's a path there, and it's a sustainable path over time if uh, if the quarterback play figures itself out over the long haul. So fun. Look, man. Before I let you go, Doug, I'm going to ask you one question, man. What what are you going to do with football season? Are you committed to, to, to going up to Cleveland all the time? I mean, Ohio State's not playing. First time, yeah. I mean, you, you probably know the data. When's the last time Ohio State hasn't played a football season? 100 years? What, what's oh, yeah, the, 1892 or something. That was back when they were playing like, yeah. Muskingum. They, they had the Muskies on the schedule back then in the 1800s yeah. and early 1900s. We didn't fare well against Ohio State, believe it or not. Didn't go well. Um, but I'll yeah. tell you what, I bet you, I bet you, eighteen nineties Jake Burns would have sliced up that Buckeye defense. I would have been a left tackle with my weight <laughs> in eighteen ninety football. That's what I would have been, two hundred and ten yeah. pound playing left tackle. But uh, yeah, are you are you are you are you making some trips up to Cleveland? What's you know you guys going to do some family vacations? What's what's the move? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't even know. I mean, I've been I, you said I've been kind of knee deep in the college stuff, and I'm actually like I'm like the I'm the president of the College Football Writers Association this oh, year. Oh, no, so no big deal. No big deal. So you can blame the cancellation of, of the ruination of college football on me. But like I say that because, you know, we've had meetings about what would the press box be like? You know, how would we how many people would be allowed to have credentials? You know, so I don't even know what the NFL situation. So I don't I mean, I think I'm going to end up writing like even more about the Browns than I normally write about. And I tried to get to, I got to as many Browns games last year as I could. Um but I don't know that I'll I don't know if I'll be at the games or whatever, but I, I'll watch every game and I'll write off every game because I, I don't have Ohio State football to write about for the fall. So I, I'm, I'm actually eager to, uh, you know, it's just been so nuts with Ohio State. I haven't been writing about the Browns very much, but I'm, I'm eager to get back into the Browns. And um, I was just I just end up, ended up so down on Chris Hubbard by the end of the last year and so down on Greg Robinson. And I'm so eager to to really feel the difference that Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills will or, or won't make for Baker Mayfield on the entire offense. But um, I'm eager to dive in. And um, I mean, it's it's, you know, Ohio State, there's enough there's enough and there's enough, you know, air to go around for teams to root for two football teams at a time, mm-hmm. you know, for fans to do that, that you can watch the Buckeyes on Saturday and the Browns on Sunday. But with no Buckeyes on Saturday, I mean, yes, it's very this stinks for everybody, 
But there, if the Browns happen to get anything rolling, man, there's going to be a lot of ravenous football fans looking to like latch on to something good. And they really have a chance to maybe own things this fall with the Buckeyes on the shelf that this this potentially in a weird way, I think, is a great opportunity for the Browns. And I hope to be writing about them a lot. I will say if there's ever if there's ever a season where the Browns are set to go on like this miracle run, just completely flip the script on post 1999 football and go on this 49ers like miracle run, it would be the year fans aren't allowed in the stands that would uh yeah, that would be very Cleveland. So yeah, listen, we're excited to have you writing more more Brown stuff, man. Make sure you guys are are following Doug at Cleveland.com. I know you all do, and uh, hopefully he'll be writing more on improved tackle play from the Cleveland Browns. Well, right? I'm gonna go throw in some old Chris Hubbard film right now. <laughs> Don't torture throw yourself, some, man. Throw in some Jack Conklin film and feel better. <laughs> all right, brother. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Jake. Thanks for joining us for this week's edition of the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. Special thanks to Doug for joining us, and uh, a shout-out to our, our sponsors as well for making this possible with the Blue Wire Network, and especially make sure you're getting on top of that Sunday ticket offer for 15% that we presented earlier. Um, make sure you're, again, joining us at the OBR. Great deals going, and uh, your membership includes CBS Interactive, which is uh, the all-access, which is awesome. You know, Take advantage of that, and then uh, join us as well here by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcast network that will make sure you get all of the new episodes of Film Breakdown delivered right to you upon their release. So again, thanks for joining us and we will catch you next week with more insight from Brown's training camp as we get a lot of action over the weekend. Enjoy yourselves, stay safe, have a great weekend and go Browns. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.